And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he... Hello and welcome back to Anything is Potable! This is Jay King, not your normal screamer. Jam Packard is, I believe, in the library right now. Is that where you are? Yeah, I'm in a, in a study room in the library. I'm a professional sports fan. And Jay, I give you a scream about a B plus. So well done. Only a B plus. I mean, what do you give your screams in? I give an A plus every time because I say it with my chest. Uh, you did not say it with your chest. You, that you, was that was chest, all chest. Oh, we got a weak chest then. Please. Please. <laughs> if like, like your chest is the strongest chest ever. <laughs> and I got a suspect chest. That's just not how it is. Some some many people Fuck are your saying chest. <laughs> All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh we are coming to you guys after the Celtics drop uh ugly game to the Chicago Bulls 120 to 102. That's coming off two wins down in Florida. Jay, I, I mean, I saw you on the television down in Orlando, but you were not at the game in Chicago. Just a wild I game. I was really chomping on my gum. Everyone was <laughs> telling me about how I was chomping on my gum. Joe Missoula levels of gum chomping. Um, what do you, I mean, what do you want to talk about first? It feels like the, the, the offense has been incredibly crisp and the offense looked amazing in that. Except first for the second quarter, not the <laughs> second quarter against the Bulls. And so is it is the discussion uh why the offense just stopped looking good, or is the I think the greater discussion is why has the defense just not been great in these first four games for the Celtics? Yeah, and I, I think that's that's going to be part of their struggle. Um they quite simply don't have the same defensive personnel they did when they were healthy and right last year. Uh and I Robert Williams obviously is a key part of their defense. Daniel Tice was a good defender when Robert Williams was out to bring in and keep your size and and keep your interior defense intact. So now they're starting Derek White, who's a really good defender, but he's also small. And we've been talking about it since the preseason, since the summer. Like they're just going to have to play smaller. And I think there's an adjustment that comes with that. Um and like they're they're just not nearly as big physically, and so they're gonna have to like really commit to rebounding, which they've done a good job of in a couple games. The the Philadelphia game they were awesome on the glass. The Miami game they were pretty good, um, but against Vucevic, like he just absolutely ate them up, and and that like he's Vucevic, he's fine, he's good, but like. That wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, it turns out the Bulls matchup is not the best for them uh, with Vucevic and Andre Drummond. Uh, like I mean, that's that's a pathetic thing to say, though. 
Like is, if, is Andre Drummond not a how large good is your defense if Vucevic and Drummond are terrible matchups for you? Not good. Not good. I, I, like I, they I just need to do a better job. I didn't say their defense was good. I think the thing that was problematic about the Bulls game is how easily guys were getting beat off the dribble uh, and just getting into the lane. Bulls. Uh, I mean, a lot of this I think was their their offensive rebounding, but the Bulls were living in the paint and getting a lot of buckets in the paint. And you think a team that is a little bit smaller is going to have to do a lot more work to kind of avoid guy uh, that dribble penetration. Um, and they were doing a decent job of it, I think, in the first quarter. It helped that they were, you know, made nine of their first 10 threes and were able to get back and set their half-court defense. But as soon as the subs came in and as soon as it felt like Jason Tatum left the court, the defense really took a hit. And um, everyone, like Hauser was getting beat off like everyone on the bench unit just basically was just like uh letting people go by and this the the starters came back in and never really recaptured that and so um as much as the defensive rebounding is a problem like it's it's more of a problem just letting people get into the paint like i feel like you can fix the rebounding with just more uh more effort on boxing out but like how do you fix just like letting guys drive past you well, it all works together, too. When you're helping because someone gets beat off the bounce, that's going to make you more susceptible on the glass. Uh, one decision Joe Mazzulla made, which was a bad, bad decision, he sat all the starters but Derek White at the same time, which means Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and Marcus Smart were all out of the game at once. And that's just... I got... I, <laughs> I get why he wants to experiment with lineups at this stage of the season. I get why he probably felt like it was a good time to to try that while up, what was it, 19 points in the first quarter. Um, but no, like no, like that that just can't happen. You need to have more of those guys in the game. <laughs> you just absolutely need to. Um, and and then when you have like. It's Hauser, it's Grant Williams and Vonley and Can we can we talk about Vonley? It's been a it's been an interesting ride with Noah Vonley. He gets called for a offensive foul on just like, legal screen. He got called for like 18 offensive fouls. Yeah. Um, but I I guess he's had some moments, but I was kind of surprised when they had such a rebounding issue. Like, and we talked about this, the the kind of lack of depth at the center position. Why not go to my main my main man Luke Cornett in that scenario? I not just because I need him to get two double doubles by Christmas, but because he is the largest individual on that team. And like I just haven't been like, oh, Von Lay's the clear kind of guy here. And I don't know what he's done to kind of earn that role. Clearly I'm not at practice every day, uh, but like why why Von Lay over Cornette? Why are we consistently seeing that? Joe Mazzula has not been a Luke Cornett guy so far. Um He's only played, basically only played rotation minutes against Orlando. And that was when Al Horford was not playing on the second leg of a back-to-back. So, yeah, that's just a decision Missoula's made. If Vonley keeps playing like he did against the Bulls, like you have to at least consider going in a different direction. Because we said it from day one, the the role of the backup centers on this team right now ha- is like, just don't kill the team. Just don't ruin things on the court. 
And he had moving screen after moving screen after moving screen. It reminded me of when Grant Williams was in his second year. Remember, he used to come on the court <laughs> and commit like seven fouls in a row. And they would all be pretty destructive. Um, and that was Noah Vonley. And he's got to do a better job of setting screens. And some of them were like borderline. But also, once once he realizes getting called tight, like, just don't move, man. Like, just, just stand there. Set a screen. Don't. Don't have an offensive foul um yeah that was not a good stretch from but he like he hasn't been good and i don't know like i don't necessarily believe that luke Cornett's going to be that much better um but how much are they like is it just on the that position to be better it just feels like the starters in general and the whole entire team defense needs to be better it's not like you can blame specifically noah vonley but i will blame him for his individual performance but the team defense just has not been great they've just been lucky that they're or not lucky we'll get to their offense because their offense has been uh amazing uh and certainly was in those first eight minutes but like what is the f- solution what is the fix in terms of just playing better defense for these guys i think my man andy brink brinker said it best in the movie brink <laughs> disney channel original <laughs> his wait, wait his name was andy brinker <laughs> andy brink brinker yeah um he said, skate better. <laughs> they need to skate better. Yeah, you just got to defend better. You got to skate better. That's just all, all there is to it. Uh, but also, like, it's different when when you're small. And, and the rotations have to be fast. And they have to be on point. And Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown both have to be awesome, both defensively and on the glass. Like, that's a huge part of it is so those much- guys need to rebound really well. So much responsibility, I think, falls on Tatum when he is the second biggest guy on the court to be defensive rebounder and just to be like a physical presence on the defensive end. I thought it was impressive against the Magic when he kind of stepped up. I was like, I'm going to guard Paolo, who is a large man, uh, who was very impressive already. But like Tatum needed like clearly his size was beating the Celtics and Tatum needed to step up and, and kind of like take that responsibility. So I think a lot of it when they are smaller, it just falls on Tatum as, as that power forward to kind of like uh, put, bring that defensive intensity, but also bring that physicality and and be kind of like a defensive leader there. Uh, and that, I mean, that's a lot to ask of Jason Tatum. I'm not saying he's not capable of it, but it's just like, it feels like so much more relies on his shoulders on the defensive end of the court now. Yeah, he, he's got to be great. Um, and I think, some of the defense is just their offense has been so good that they're just they're not as locked in defensively. They know that they can just outscore teams, um, especially when you go into Orlando on the second leg of a back to back. Like that's a pretty excusable low effort game, uh, especially with with No Horford, with Noah Vonley starting, with Blake Griffin and Luke Cornett both playing you know, minutes here and there. Um, so that that one was kind of understandable. The, the Bulls game was just bad. Well, it it was it, it got bad, but it's I mean, we, off can, great. we can use we can use this as talk about just how good their offense has been in the last three games. Those first eight minutes, Tatum scores 15 points. The Celtics make uh nine threes. Al Horford's just launching threes left and right. They're having easy back cuts. It kind of looked like what their the offense has been uh, down in down in Florida. There's like just been very very impressive 
runs for this Celtics team, um, whether it's the starting lineup, whether it's Brogdon in for uh, Derek White, even moments with Grant Williams, just their offense seems to be really clicking and getting easy baskets, which is just not something you could say about the Celtics of prior years. Like, did Joe Missoula major in backdoor cuts or something? Is like he a backdoor cut specialist? I've never seen so he major in backdoor cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Answer the question, uh, Jay. Why why are they major in backdoor cuts? Why are they getting so much easier offense? It seems in the uh, earlier season. Is it Joe Missoula or is this coaching not matter? Uh, I don't think it's Joe Missoula. <laughs> Look, this this started last season. They were first in offense after the trade deadline. Like as soon as Derek White got there, and th- they started their turnaround before that. I know, um, but the ball is like popping much more, and the ball movement is driving kick a, is so much better than it was. It's last a year. totally different level. I think it's that they've realized how to play. Tatum is like, remember he used to be stagnant and catch the ball and go ISO. Now he's catching the ball on the move and he's committing to to all the cuts and the, the actions that will get him against a little bit of a closeout and then give him the ability to to really attack while the defense isn't set which he wasn't always committed to before the end of last season. And that that's a major change. And that's a major change that impacts everybody. Um, and then the transition has been totally different than it was probably at any point last season. Like they're, they're pushing the pace. They're looking for early offense. Um, well, it just feels like everything has been done faster and it's not just Tatum, but it feels like everything is, it's the classic Nick Friedman 0.5 basketball where it's just I like, think Joe Bazula must have majored in pace. <laughs> I have no response to this. Uh, so, sorry, some of us have focused on certain topics in school. Um, but everything's so much faster where they're just like decision making. It's like it feels like a lot of their offense possessions are driving kick, driving kick, driving kick, but like immediately and it doesn't let the defense get set. And I think having Brogdon on, on the court is especially apparent where. He has an ability to get into the lane and, and make things happen. White, apparently, I don't know, White, uh, apparently he's an offensive superstar now. I don't know what happened uh, in down in Florida, but I think Grant's done a, a better job of just being able to like put the ball on the floor, and it feels like when they have all of those guys, uh, they can make those quick decisions, and everything is just happening um, almost immediately rather than the kind of stagnant offense uh, that happens. I mean, we they had a, like a... They did a pretty good job of in the third quarter against the Bulls of getting themselves back into the game, um, and then you know everything kind of just went to shit again. Chaos happened. We got to yeah, talk the, about the ejections. That was absolutely wild. Um, I saw uh, Vucevic react to that, and I was like, "Oh, that's a a big reaction." And then wasn't surprised that Tatum had a reaction. I have no idea what Joe Mazzulla said to get ejected, but that was the quick one of the quicker ejections I've ever seen. Yeah, and Tatum just needs to stop waving at the officials. <laughs> is that the thing? Is that is like that the threshold? The, the, like the wave? wave, the wave is something that that they notice. It's something that they must have talked about because they see his wave as different than other people's reactions. So, and so, so Vucevic's so, two hand ball swoop is is not noticeable. It's noticeable, but like the wave is something they've decided is punishable. 
much and, like J King in a baseball and, game, and it just happens the to wave. be Tatum's favorite move. <laughs> you know, like that—that's how he reacts when he's mad at the ref. Is he waves them off and like just stop, stop waving. That's it. If if they're not going to allow that, and they're not because they've been calling it with regularity since last season. Just don't wave. <laughs> and, and I get why he's upset because Vucevic was obviously reacting in a way that like probably with more enthusiasm, more demonstrative. Yeah. Yeah. Then then Tatum did. Um, but the wave is going to get called and he's just got to stop waving. <laughs> That's it. Like, just don't wait. OK, but what jo- what is uh, Joe? Uh, Missoula supposed to do when he's just defending his player and talking to a referee across the court like I just don't know you 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 had a good tweet that he he didn't even swear and and he got ejected and that's that's ludicrous to get ejected without swearing is just wasting your ejection yeah it reminded me of when Brad Stevens got ejected against the Kings early in his tenure um and <laughs> And Brad, of course, never. I think that was the only time he ever got ejected. And like Missoula, he was just kind of puzzled, like what just happened. And then Brad, unlike Missoula, Brad, Brad took it to another level. He just kind of stood there and like made sure he he waved at the, <laughs> the Kings coach before heading off. Like he he, he was sick that he, he was going to miss the handshake line. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think that was like probably wasn't deserving of an ejection but the celtics this whole season and Eme would have just fucking roasted them for it they have been very upset with referees from the start of the season and Eme hated that and Eme would always say how much he hated that starting with tatum um and i don't know what missoula says to the players he's not going to be nearly as open as Eme was with us clearly but that like and then the grant williams thing he definitely made contact with a female referee. yeah that one I, I that one is just like you make contact with the ref i don't even care if it's like unintentional the game was kind of getting out of hand at that point it feels like the refs lost control but like you just that one's kind of just like a the uh, now i'm now, now i'm trying to police myself i was gonna say it was a strict liability uh offense but then i was like oh jay king's gonna accuse me of being a nerd for using legal terms and so yes i'll have you in your head about your nerddom (laughs) but that one makes a lot more sense grant will probably get fined because he had some choice words for the referees uh, on his way out of town my completely unsubstantiated theory and it's just um i think mark davis was like this is the first time i think i've seen uh two female refs in one game but i think he was being overly paternalistic it's like you can't yell at a woman ref and that's why we saw the the quick two texts but that is based on uh nothing uh other than just wild theory on my part but it was just like at that point the game just got out of of control and a lot of bad calls against the celtics it wasn't the reason why they lost but just like uh a lot of tomfoolery, a lot of uh, shenanigans and the joe missoula one I, i guess he apologized to the team for getting ejected which that feels stupid. Like if you get ejected for something ridiculous that clearly wasn't your fault, I don't think you should apologize to the team. And it's like that said, he's been telling the team they need to stay poised no matter what's going on. And he's been emphasizing that the team needs to overcome whatever's going on in the court and 
he said something that got him ejected. And I, but he didn't not deserve swear, it. Maybe. Not a swear. He didn't swear, but he said something that got him ejected. And like, if if you're holding the team accountable and saying we need to be mature in these moments, then getting ejected is is not the way to go. Like, it's just not. And and that's why the like this is a second time now including preseason and maybe we shouldn't include preseason but the last preseason game the Celtics played all their starters and they were treating it like a regular season game and they just kind of tumbled out of control after uh Tatum got ejected and then things just kind of spiraled away from them in a second and the Bulls game it felt like a similar thing where you know like things go bad and then they made it worse on themselves and then they never got a chance to get back in the game and that's so that's four five games including the preseason finale that they played like a regular season game and twice this has happened and and it's not it's definitely not something to like overreact to it's not something to be overly worried about or anything like that um but at the same time it's a a trend that can't get any worse and and they need to address it and they need to be okay with just like like just the the refs are going to make bad calls just keep playing and i I sound like a an old fart and i know i sound like an old fart because missoula probably didn't deserve his ejection and grant might not have meant to make contact with the official and it was all just an accident but at the same time like you just can't let games spiral out of control. And the Celtics absolutely let that Bulls game spiral out of control after being up 19 in the first quarter. Yeah, it was it was a bad, bad loss for the Celtics who just gave up an absurd amount of easy, easy baskets to the Bulls. And so going into that game, I, I was like, oh, the Celtics were going to win, you know, 65 games this year. They're a wagon. They're 3-0. and I admit that was a that was a dumb thing to think. After that game, I have a lot more concerns about the defense just because they shouldn't get so thoroughly dominated by Vucevic and a team like the Bulls, where DeRozan and Levine really didn't even have that great uh, of games against them. Uh, I mean, they did a pretty good job penetrating. I guess the question to you is after a week, after these games where the offense has looked so good, but then they have such a terrible defensive performance against the Bulls and the defense in the first three games wasn't that great either they just kind of were able to get by on the offense where do we stand on on the Celtics team is it just like we're just going to try and outgun you the entire time what, what like or is, is the defense or the lack of defense a, a huge concern for them I think the lack of defense needs to be addressed um, it's really early it's four games they're three and one with two really good wins against Philly and Miami. And so you don't want to, again, overreact. But this is a team that dominated defensively last season. And and this is a team that knows it needs to be great defensively to have a chance to get back to the finals, all that. Um, and so I don't think this slippage is like particularly concerning or anything like that. They still have tons of capable defenders. They still have, once Robert Williams gets back, they'll totally change their 
identity by starting him and Al Horford and they'll be bigger again and it'll just be different. Um, but for now, like just lock in a little more. Um, and definitely there's gotta be a focus on rebounding. Like it has to be every possession that all their guys focus on defensive rebounding because they're not big enough. They're not, strong enough they're not the same as they were last year and even last year they weren't a great defensive rebounding team um but it's like it's the type of thing that's it they're going to get beat sometimes for offensive rebounds that just happens when al horford's your center or grant williams is your biggest guy and especially with how much they help and so it really is on tatum and then the rest of the guards to like help defensive rebound from the wing but they're just like this is the product of them going smaller and so they're gonna give up like even if they do like maximum effort on defensive rebounding just from them being smaller they're going to get off offensive rebounds it's like the part of being that much better on offense i think is a product of them being smaller and being able to be quicker and faster and so it's like they need to um be able to to just score more than the other teams um great analysis on my part but if their offense is going to be <laughs> need to kind of they like, need to score more than the other there's teams, a built-in de- deficiency with the smaller lineups and so with their they're going to need to make shots and their three-point shooting is going to need much closer to uh, the first quarter than it was in the second quarter just because like if they're going to play the smaller lineups the defensive rebounding no matter how much effort they put in on that end is still going to is no is going to be an issue just be, uh, if anyone has like a a good 7-footer in the game yeah and maybe like keep guys like Ayo Desunmo in front of you just just yeah. maybe maybe don't let Derek Jones Jr or Old ass Goran Dragic, who I didn't even realize was on the Bulls, just like freely get into the paint, causes chaos. Hate that guy. You, uh, you're really trying to keep your voice volume pretty low right now, huh? Yeah, I'm literally in a uh, large academic setting. Uh, I think people would be disturbed if I started yelling about Goran Dragic right now. But um, you, you we'll kind of got you kind of got a Jack Bauer feel to you, where you're like whispering all your <laughs> all your most important lines right now. Well, people need to listen in because this is uh, gems I'm dropping right here. True gems. Um, okay, so you thought the Celtics were a wagon before game? No, four. I mean I was wildly just overreacting to three wins. I've been very. Do you still very think impre- they're a wagon? I've been very, very impressed with their offense. I've been very impressed with Jason Tatum. Uh, it feels like he has taken a step up just in terms of playmaking and passing and distribution and decision making. I also think he's getting to the line a lot more. I don't know if the if that's pure my random observation or if that's borne out by the numbers, if it's a small sample size, but just him getting the ball in the post, I feel like he's doing a lot more to manipulate his defenders to get to the line with their um, uh, sweeping the ball through or just like being larger than them. He just feels a little bit stronger and a little bit more control when he gets the ball in a one-on-one situation. And so I think he's on um, poised to have like a, 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 an MVP type season. And so I think if they, can just improve the defense a little bit. The offense is really going to carry them, and all they got to do is survive until Time Lord gets back. Because I do think adding him back to the lineup just does so much. You know, all of the all of the letting dribble penetration, like he swallows up a lot of that, and so it just makes their defense that much better. Are I you st- already at the point where you're convinced the Celtics need to go out and acquire a backup big before the trade deadline? Because I think I am. You're already there. You you don't you only want to give Luke Cornett a, a chance. I mean, here's the thing: we've watched Noah Vonley play. We've watched Blake Griffin play. 
and Luke Cornette has not played as much as either. But he is larger than them. People forget this. He is taller and uh, a larger individual, and that might help on the rebounding thing. And and maybe he'll earn a role, and maybe he'll be fine in that. Also, and... he can shoot a little bit better than both those guys. Yeah. Also, yeah. he's going to get two double doubles by Christmas. Okay, so are <laughs> so you're potentially confident that Luke Cornett could. Well, what are what are you giving up a... to, and who are you getting? Like, I, like I just don't know who's out there who you can get a who's a solid backup big. Are you giving up like a first round pick to get Jakob Pertl so the Spurs can tank? Maybe They're, a couple of seconds. Do you think you can get or maybe for... not Jakob Pertl, but like someone similar? I tell me the name. I'll tell you if I'm willing to make the deal. Actually, I think here's what I do. I what will about... Peyton Pritchard for someone. I feel badly for Peyton Pritchard. He's not getting enough playing time. He's a certified NBA player. He's not going to play on this team just in terms of pure roster construction and out of the goodness of my heart, because I want to see Peyton Pritchard thrive. I think Peyton Pritchard could be traded to a team and he has NBA value and like Peyton Pritchard in some seconds could get you a decent backup NBA center. Like he's a player that has value on this roster who I think they could like, there's clearly a surplus of point guards on this team. And you know what? He, he deserves a chance to thrive and he's just not going to get that on this Celtics team. We are recording at 1.22 p.m. Tuesday afternoon at this time. Um, do you think Grant Williams gets suspended? Uh, yes, for one game. I think he does. I, 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 he said some things they probably should not have said. I think it will be for the language, not for the bump. But Okay. okay. Or maybe so, it's the totality of it. If he didn't, if he just took so, a suspension and left, then he wouldn't have done it. But it's the totality of the act. So you think he said the B word? I saw it that he said the B word. <laughs> I can I can read lips. So you think he said the B word? Uh, and you think using the B word is enough to get suspended? I think it's a sticky situation with uh, female referees where I feel like. How many times has. A ref been called a bitch. How many like, times? Not a, um, not a female many ref, times. but like just any ref. Many, many, many times. Yeah, I don't know, a, but I think I don't think there should necessarily be a double standard. But I think there obviously will be a double standard in application of the rules there. Yeah, he was he was furious. After I've that never one. seen Grant that mad, except that like at his own teammates would, or like no, he gets mad at the refs a lot. But I've never seen him swear. I didn't know he did swear. Yeah, he he was fuming, and he reacted like a guy who didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> like that was the fury of a man who did not mean to bump the referee, uh, and then got mad about it. But it it the video, like watching the video, I wouldn't rule out that he did it intentionally, and and bumped her <laughs> intentionally. And if he did, which Mark Davis, the crew chief said it was an intentional act. And if the NBA rules that, then you have to get suspended, right? Like if you hit bump a female referee on purpose, you better get suspended or any referee. But yeah. So you you think he's going to get suspended for the Cleveland game? I don't know. I think it all depends on whether they rule he did that intentionally. And honestly, watching the video, I wasn't sure one way or the other. Yeah, and I feel like the the you just generally defer to 
protecting the referees. And so I would not be surprised if he got suspended. Him swearing and calling uh, her a bitch afterwards did not help his case for no. mitigation. And so uh, uh, we will see if he gets suspended. But I will, that was the reaction of an innocent man, of a man, <laughs> of a man who did not mean to bump the ref. Because you don't get that mad if you meant to bump the ref, I feel like. Or he's a brilliant actor, and he's so so much of a psychopath that he knew intentionally he bumped the ref and then had to react like an innocent man would in order to uh, do that. That would be some next-level stuff. Williams, is, his mom did work for NASA. Uh, <laughs> I think we, if any player is capable of it, I think it is Grant Williams. But I mean, I've played board games with the man. He is quite conniving. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, are you happy so far with Joe Mazzulla's rotation? I mean, not the, the way not. he's handled the front court, the way he's handled closing lineups, the way he's occasionally sat Tatum and Brown at the same time. I mean, I definitely don't like it when he went to the full bench lineup at the end of the first quarter against the Bulls, I think he's like pretty limited in what he could do in the front court. And so I would like obviously want more Cornet, but like that's not a great option. Just doing more Cornet. Like I think he's doing the best he could. Um I think I like the kind of lineup he goes to uh down the stretch with Malcolm Brogdon and kind of the starters instead of Derek White. Um ideally you wouldn't like to have times where Tatum and Brown is not on the court, but I think it's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I have I I've never have been much of a rotation critic or like a no timeout critic as much as people on uh, Twitter are. Um, so I think he's like been fine in the first four games. It's nothing like egregious. Um, but I don't know. What what have you thought of him? The, the no timeout thing uh, is stupid. That's just fans feeling about it. fans. Yeah, just fans are just like anxious and like my team's losing. Stop. Stop. <laughs> is that what fans are saying yes. uh so i think that to me if he is doing that on purpose and like intentionally going phil jackson style and letting the players play through it that's probably a good thing because long run what hurt the celtics last season 
in the playoffs, it was that they couldn't always stop the momentum when things went bad. And they have to learn how to play through it. And and so if he is just letting them play through it, which he said he was, after the Miami game, he holstered timeouts and said, I just want to see the guys figure it out. And that makes sense to me. Like, especially I, early on in the season, it's like these games, like, just go for it. Just like play better basketball. Yeah. And so forcing them to figure it out on their own to, to bring that level of maturity. Um, I just think that that is important. The, uh, one thing uh, I do wonder if the Celtics need to get to more, especially while Robert Williams is out, is the Al Horford Grant Williams front court. But those minutes- are like your two best front court players. And so it's like, do you want to spread them apart and stagger them just so you have one of them on the court at all times? So you have to play the big guys like Von Lay less. I, I think it's a, an interesting look, but I understand why if you would want to try to stagger them. Yeah, they've only played it. 21 minutes so far, um, which is seven minutes per game over the three games that both of those guys have been available. I just feel like that's probably their best front court look right now. And I know they're they're gonna play small and they need to get guards on the court more often. But I just feel like if you need to reestablish your defense, um that playing Horford and Williams together is a good way to do that. And just have more size, more bulk, uh, make things a little easier defensively on Tatum and Brown. And so I, I do wonder if he needs to to play that more often. I do wonder if he needs to go to Cornette and try Cornette rather than Vonley or Blake Griffin. I think the front court is still very unsettled. I don't think like Vonley has a clear hold on minutes right now. Um, based on how he's played, I'd be pretty surprised if that's the case. But, yeah, there's still some stuff to figure out because it's not the same formula it was last year. Um, And Robert Williams coming back will change that, certainly to some extent. But right now, they have to win differently than they did before. And, and, And the offense has been up to the challenge. The defense, not as often. All right, we have two, just under three minutes left until this zoom ends and the folks have been requesting more junk, more useless observations from me, Jay, you got a lot of love. I'm mostly driven by you. I'm frankly, I was uncomfortable by it. Bert, Bert Ferkins said he loved you far more than he loves me. Although he loves me too. Love you. (laughs) Love you too, Bert. All right, but we got to get to junk. So time is running out. Let's run through it. All right. Eddie house uh, said that, uh, said just has said the phrase doo doo on the pregame show. I was all for that. He was talking about Jalen Brown's performance in Orlando. That's fantastic. It was doo doo. Joe Missoula has fantastic hairline. Um, Are you just uh, going to read us some of your tweets? Uh, no, well, my tweet. I normally tweet them out. Uh, Vucevic's head looked like he's a, a Lego person. Um, <laughs> Derek Jones Jr. and Javante Green should have a jump off or a dunk contest. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, and fantastic stuff. Um, J- Jason Stone, the Celtics uh, official personal injury <laughs> lawyer, just like, what are we doing here, folks? One, 
he wants my business and he can't even spin a basketball on his finger and he wants to perform in the courtroom for me. The guy's got no charisma, no show, showmanship, and I'm not hiring him to sue anyone if I slip and fall in their grocery store. You know who's got a great jump shot? Maura Healy. I know nothing about her politics, but I saw the the commercial where she shoots a jumper at the end. She can shoot that thing. She's got a long history of playing basketball. She's uh she is a known hooper. Um Jalen Brown gave in a real kind of weak statement on Kanye's ridiculousness and staying with Donda Sports is uh not a great look for Jalen, uh, even though he had a, a birthday. Um I don't know. I'm trying to look at what other junk that I have. I hate Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic is the worst. Um, Marcus Smart had an amazing chase down block on Vucevic that was ruined by um, the Celtics just not being able to make a bus basket for like two minutes straight, but it was a very cool block. He then also had that buzzer beater at the end of halftime. They smoked so many bunnies cool. during the second quarter. It was ridiculous just amount. Of it just was bunny like, smoking season. It was absolute bunny smoking season. Um, Justin Jackson came in. He made some shots. Um, that was, I guess, fun. Um, but then, uh, yeah, my last thing is that just I feel bad for uh, PP, Peyton Pritchard, man. Just moments of sadness every time he gets in the game. Um, free PP. That's my final note. Free PP. I have one more thing to add. When you got to we go in, quick. Gotta when go we were quick. in the locker room the other night, Blake Griffin said Peyton Pritchard should wear a do-rag. <laughs> and Peyton Pritchard <laughs> asked, for real, will that get me canceled? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.